podcast brought to you by VMware Design. I'm Laurel Byers, and I'm here with my co-host, Tashara Roy. We have a very special guest here today who's going to be talking about UX research at enterprise organizations. Bri Ann Peterson, welcome. How about you introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everyone. I'm Brianne Peterson. I'm the Strategic Research Lead for Design and Head of Multi-Cloud Research at VMware. And I really work to raise the bar for research standards and democratize access to high-quality data across VMware right now. I'm not a 007, but I do get to put PhD at the end of my name, and my kids think that's pretty cool, too, because we're a nerdy family. I think it's pretty cool as well. (laughs) Plus your Army background, Brianne. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, so I have 22 years in the Army combined active and reserve service. I am a veteran of the Iraq wars and a former drill sergeant, so I can can get my loud voice on if we need to. Okay, so now I have to change my questions, I guess. (laughs) But this is pretty cool, Brianne. Um, I don't know what to start with. But Laurel, do you want to go ask her the first question? Uh, Sure. I mean, ultimately... Uh, knowing our audience, they may be new to design um, as a whole. They're definitely potentially new to enterprise design. Uh, so let's just level set here. Can you explain what user experience research ultimately does? Sure. So let me start with you know what research is really at the at the heart of things. Research is the process of using scientific methods to explore and document the world around us with some intentionality. And so it involves formulating questions, gathering data, analyzing that data, and drawing conclusions in a really prescribed format. So in the context of user experience, research is really crucial for understanding how our users interact with our products and services. Within our research studies, we can gain insights into how our users think and behave, which once we have those findings and, and start sharing them, can help us create better experiences for everyone involved. So drilling down a little bit into the the UX side of things and, and, and working at like a company that is growing their design org, growing user research, maybe you can speak to why it's really beneficial for these companies to embrace um, a, a solid research practice. Oh, absolutely. So research is important for any company because it helps to inform and guide decision-making. By conducting research, companies can gain a better understanding of their customers, their competitors, and the broader market in which they operate. And this understanding can then help them to make better strategic decisions, uh, create more effective products and services, and really ultimately improve their bottom line, right? For enterprise organizations, though, I'd say research is especially important because these companies typically operate on a larger scale, right? And so there's more complex systems and processes and user needs. They often have multiple stakeholders, including employees, customers, shareholders, and regulators, all with different needs and expectations. And so research can help to bring clarity to those complex systems and stakeholders by providing insights and data that can inform that decision-making, right? And so when you're dealing with the large amounts of data and complex systems that come with an enterprise organization, it can be really difficult to successfully identify issues or opportunities for involvement without the help of research. By using research to gather data and insights, these orgs can make data-informed decisions that lead to better outcomes for everyone involved. Right. And yet, it becomes so difficult for us to make a good case for research, especially to fit in the time that we have to deliver a certain feature. 
Um, so hey, let's just design with uh, our design expertise and our knowledge of the product, and then we'll iterate from there, right? What do you say to that? Well, the first thing I'd say is look at the data. So I like this Interaction Design Org has a great quote on this, actually, and they've found that when organizations invest in user experience during a project's concept phase, they reduce product development cycles by 33 to 50%. So by getting smart and doing the research and allowing for the conceptualization early, we actually save time and money later on. So if you're looking for a way to convince someone that this is worthwhile, show them the numbers, right? It's not just anecdotal. It's not just, well, we should do it this way. It's that when we do it this way, everyone wins. I have a question about that because oftentimes other teams like product management um, are doing quote unquote research as well, um, but it's in their own perspective and maybe it's not as structured as uh, a UX research team or even a design team might strive to be. Um, so when you come up against that other side of things, that's usually the the part of the argument, like, well, we've already done the research. So um, how do you, how do you, how do you work with that and, and say that isn't, Sure, it is valuable, but it's not the same. Yeah, so as researchers, we're curious, right? And we're passionate about uncovering insights that can inform better decision-making. And a big part of that is removing bias. And the thing is that so many people who go in with the best of intentions don't realize that they're making mistakes that are clouding their judgment and therefore the data that comes in with a lot of the ways that the data is being collected. Um, we have to approach our work with intentionality and a scientific method uh, to really have a positive impact. And so by using those scientific methods, we can ensure that our findings are accurate and trustworthy and that the decisions made uh, are those based on the findings are well-informed and impactful. And so really what I'm hearing you ask, Laurel, is two things. One, how do you do it right? And two, how do you convince someone politely that they're doing it wrong? Um, and to that, I'd say, um, that has to do with your relationship, right? Showcasing and showing what the elevated work looks like and teaching through a peer collaboration model. So I don't come in and take over a project when I see something going awry, or if someone says, oh, I already did that. Great. Can you walk me through it? Let's talk through this together. And then you can use that as an opportunity to educate yourself on their perspective and them on the proper methodologies and systems and protocols and structures to make it a more scientific approach. So even if you can't convince them of that project, you've now made it so that the next time they can at least have a little bit more information to go from. And you've built a trust bridge so that maybe they do come to you for that next project. So a bit of patience, it sounds like, and remembering, because a lot of times things like this, they kind of slide by, right? You're like, oh, we missed that opportunity. Time passes. And then the next thing comes on. You're like, ah, oh, we missed that opportunity. And you really have to think long-term and strategically, which can be kind of exhausting because so many things are happening. You kind of lose sight of it at times. Um, but, but building, what I heard is like building those relationships and not losing sight of what y'all talked about previously and finding the right time to get back into the conversation about it. Um, 
I say that because sometimes, you know, a, a very common issue uh, with designers is being brought in too late. And then they're yep. like, well, we don't have time to do it. Or the research that you do have time to do is um, not really going to be, have a good ROI to it. Um, it'll take longer than actually getting anything valuable out of it that PMs potentially have already pinpointed. At least those are the challenges I face. Tashara, what about you? I'm curious. Your perspective. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give you an example about this. And let's see if Brand can help us with that. Usually what happens is that when we start a new relationship with the team, that's when we most critically need formative research. And that's when we hear, oh, we have done the research. Product teams come and say, we know what we need to be, what needs to be done. And they're all backed by our research. And here it is. Go ahead and design. So one if we usually don't get another time to go back and fix that, you know, so that it becomes very crucial for us to design the right thing in the first go, right? So Brianne, what, what can we possibly do? What can designers possibly do to say, hey, can we augment something with what you've already done? Or do we really need to scrap what they've done and go at a completely different lens? I would say that you don't necessarily need to scrap things right off the bat unless there's some egregious problems with what you see. But it's better to, again, from a relationship standpoint, to start with what they've got and then help them elevate it. Keep them involved in that process because one, they can learn from it. And two, you aren't damaging the relationship there because it's so hard to make headway with our cross-functional partners sometimes. And this is a really good example of where you can make that incremental positive change and growth. You know, when it comes to user experience, everyone has a stake in the game. And so while design may not be everyone's business, the UX is. And every decision we make from product development to marketing to customer support, it impacts the, the user experience in some way. And so what we need to do is we need to work collaboratively to create the best path forward that covers all those different perspectives. That's interesting. Um, you know, I have always talked about how design is owned by everyone and that the designer's job is simply to facilitate the process of design. So each one in a team should empathize with users. And what I'm hearing from you is that research is also for everyone and, and that we should all be curious. So when you talk about collaborative research, how does that process look like? How do we involve our cross-functional partners and stakeholders to create the best path forward? Well, I'm going to say it depends on the type of research we're doing because you've got exploratory research and generative research, informative research and summative research. And there's so many methodologies that fall across so many of those pieces, but primarily you've got those four types of research. And where the cross-functional partners live in that process depends on what type of research it is. So for example, with exploratory research, we're going to start with some information finding and some fact finding and conversations and brainstorming together. And so that's going to involve the designers, the project or product managers, sales, marketing, engineering, and customer support all coming together when we're talking about a broad scale project of that sort. In contrast, if we're talking about something maybe more formative, um, where it is, you know, a usability testing type of situation, we don't necessarily need sales involved in most cases. But what we do still need to have is engineers and QA and product managers working alongside design and research to make sure that the UX and testing is 
you know, going to get us the answers that we need and that the process is really refined to make sure that we hit those points. So I want to, I want to like take a step back and, and talk a little bit again about uh, the differences potentially, maybe there are none, uh, <laughs> of, of research within the enterprise space versus like the consumer space. And I know you come from, you know, a background where it was definitely more science oriented, right? Um, so all different realms. <laughs> um, but what are like, what are some of the differences off the top of your head, um, if at all, uh, when doing research in these different areas? Yeah, that's a great question, Laurel. Um, I'll premise this with, I think I forgot to include it in my bio, that I am a former professor of assessment and evaluation at Virginia Tech. And so I do have that pure academic research background as well. And then I'll say, while the principles of research remain the same across different sectors, there's some key differences in how research is conducted and applied in enterprise organizations compared to consumer or educational sectors that we need to keep in mind. Uh, one of the main differences is the scale and complexity of enterprise research. Enterprise orgs often have larger, more complex systems and processes and user needs, kind of like what I was talking about before, uh, than what we'll typically find in consumer or educational sectors. And this means that enterprise research often involves multiple stakeholders, more complex research methods, a greater focus on measuring and optimizing outcomes. Another key difference is the focus on business outcomes in enterprise research, right? So while research in um, educational sectors might be focused more on understanding user needs and preferences, enterprise research is often focused on driving business value too. And this means that enterprise researchers need to be able to communicate their findings and recommendations in a way that aligns with the goals and priorities of the organization. We can't just say, here's what people prefer. It's, and here's the value to that in dollars and cents right? The time to value or is so important uh, from an enterprise organization perspective. But with that in mind, I would say that despite these differences, the basic principles of research still apply in all sectors. Whether you're conducting research in an enterprise or a consumer or an educational setting, it's still important to be rigorous and systematic and scientific in your approach and the goal is always to gain a deeper understanding of the world around us and to use that understanding to create positive change. I'm curious about how do we do documentation, especially when you talk about rigorous, systematic research, especially in a complex enterprise setting like ours. Is there any difference in how you do in academia versus in enterprise, especially because we have to uh, allow multiple teams to um, ha be able to access it and mine the data? Well, a good research repository benefits everyone at scale, not just enterprise organization. But I would say that the way that we tend to do it is a little different because we have to make sure that everyone in our organization has all the answers that we found, but not necessarily everyone else. Uh, in contrast, if you look at academia, they do the same thing, but the repository these days is the internet or in journals, academic peer-reviewed journals, right? You can go to Google Scholar and find the answer to a lot of things. But in an enterprise organization, we have to make sure that that information is just as accessible and just as usable across different organizations within VMware, in our case, 
but not necessarily public. And so it's a tricky sort of thing because when we find something really interesting, we want to share it with the world. But there's so many hoops we have to go through to make sure that that is clearable. Uh, that's not to say it doesn't happen, but that it's not necessarily always the priority or usually isn't the priority, I would go so far to say. Yeah, a lot of times um, just thinking about the practical nature of doing research like on a project, right? Um, we're, we're strapped for time, of course. Uh, it's a designer that maybe doesn't, we don't have a researcher on the team. Um, and that designer, you know, we're generalists here, at least at VMware. Um, so we do a little bit of all of it. And, um, and it can be very challenging knowing when to test what and if it's uh, going to make the impact that you want it to. Um, sometimes I feel like it can backfire. <laughs> oh, the team spent a lot of time on this, but we didn't see anything new from it. What do you say to that kind of thing um, when you're challenged in that way? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is designers are researchers, Laurel. So wow. I'm going I'm to catch you in that wordplay. <laughs> uh, and the second thing I'm going to say is that we learn and we grow from our mistakes or from when things don't go perfect, right? Nothing can be perfect. And so as long as we're progressing, we may not get it at 100% efficiency this time, but the next time it's going to be better. And that a strong governance and protocol system can really support that. And that's something that I'm working on as my personal initiative at VMware this year, is building out structures and resources to help democratize research so that designers feel more confident and see themselves as researchers. Proactively, organizations can attack this before it's a problem by building good protocols and governance structures for research in advance because, and this is actually my personal project for the year here at VMware, I'm really trying to democratize the research process. So those are some things you're working on right now. How do you see, um, I guess, designers um, uh, building in the time to, I, I don't know if you've thought about this yet already. I'm sure you have. <laughs> building in the time to, 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 to do the research stuff uh, when they are potentially being brought in um, already with a very tight uh, schedule. To that I say, that shouldn't fall on the designer alone. That shouldn't rest on their mm -hmm. shoulders. That should be built into the roadmap and it should be supported by the management system. It's a culture issue when that isn't happening. Yeah. If a designer doesn't have time to do research, then there's a culture change that needs to occur if it is a recurring pattern or problem. This is so exciting. I'm sure designers would be so happy to be able to get those structures and protocols that allow them to do research the right way. So apart from the obvious benefit of being able to do more research because we don't have enough researchers, what are the benefits, uh, if you could talk to us about, um, might large organizations, enterprises, uh, and other design organizations can have if they democratize the research process? I really prefer a democratized research system as opposed to a researcher assigned system because uh, one, it builds empathy for the user when you have access to the users. 
So the more people we can get in touch and involved in the research process, the better, in my opinion. But also you have researchers then available to do the more complex systems, to do the specialty items. But there's no reason that we can't use a well-trained designer to lead a moderated or unmoderated usability tests, to do some generative research work as well as they build into that in their career. It's a matter of, a, it's a matrix system, really. What is the level of risk tolerance for the research outcomes? And what is the experience level of that designer? And where does it fall in that matrix as to whether that is an appropriate alignment or not? One of the few things I noticed in the enterprise space is that we have a few power clients who um, drive the direction of the product or the features. So we have a small research base to start with, right? Uh, but then getting a decent sample size out of that, um, I think is a constant struggle. We're not able to find people to give us time for research, to spend time with them. What are your thoughts about it? I would say recruitment is probably the number one most difficult part of research at the enterprise level because you do have specialty clients. Their time is valuable and there is a known issue with how to incentivize them to show up and be present and participate in the process. And one of the ways that I take that on is through making the experience more enjoyable for them. A playful data collection can be just as robust as a boring survey. Arts-based research is an, a great example of that. Um, this is a specialty of mine, and we have some other resources that have already been shared from VMware through the design uh, medium channel and whatnot on arts-based research. But the idea being that you can have playful, robust data collection that allows the participant to enjoy their time without lowering and often, in fact, increasing the quality of the data being collected. People are set at ease, they're more open, and they're more likely to say yes to come back and do it again. Let's uh, double click on that a little bit about the art-based stuff. Because um, when I saw you know, the teams doing this at uh, all the different conferences and, and internal um, events as well. I was intrigued because I had never really seen it done that way. And I really, not even participating in it, just liked the idea of it. Um, so I'm curious like how that came about um, and uh, evolved to what it is today. And do give us that example of how you made it so interesting. I'm sure our audience is going to love it. Sure. Um, so arts-based research in the user experience realm is really new. I would say I'm probably piloting this, but it's not a new research methodology. It is very common or it's becoming more common in academic circles. And what I've done is I've taken that approach and brought it to uh, user experience research. And what, what arts-based research does is allows us to get more open-ended um, than traditional research collection opportunities. And so we can break the mold. So imagine if you have a typical Likert scale question, you know, uh, how much did you like this on a scale of one to five, right? And they have a fill in the blank survey 
you know, click the button or fill in the dot. You get your answers, you do your math and you're done. But if you were to use that, let's say as a bullseye system where they're drawing on there, when something goes way wrong, you can actually get additional data from where they draw that arrow. How far off of that bullseye did they put that, right? There's qualitative information now attached to that quantitative data collected just as quickly, but now with more information. And you can then know to ask and dig deeper into that because it was such a poor experience. It's not just a level one, it's an off the charts zero, right? So the way that we approach it allows for our customers or participants to really convey their thoughts and feelings more accurately. And it gives them collaboration and ownership and autonomy in the research process and the success of our products. And it's more engaging and fun. And people are more willing to open up. You know, you can revisit traditional concepts with a new lens. And instead of reinventing the wheel, you just build on that by adding an arts-based lens to it. What an amazing way to add some colors, sometimes literally, to those boring sessions, right? It's not boring. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> fill up forms after forms. Very exciting to share. I don't know what you've been to, Laurel, but I've been to some pretty boring sessions. <laughs> well, it just depends your perspective, I suppose. <laughs> In contrast, though, last year at VMware Explore, the group that I led uh, had children's placemats that people got to color and draw to showcase their experiences and their relationship with VMware over time. We can have fun with research and still be scientific about how we collect it and how we analyze it. It doesn't have to be boring. Right. And it's actually interesting when you get to do something creative using the knowledge that you have, right? In fact, when we go to restaurants and my kids get those placemats, I make sure that I get one too or I get to or they get to share with me. <laughs> um, hey, Laurel, do you want to talk to our audience about the research that we did? Oh, yeah. Well, it was actually inspired off of the placemat stuff. So um, so we have what's a partner roadshows that happen all around the world where um, our partner users come in and we, um, not we as of the design team, but the, the, the PM team, the marketing team, they they do trainings of like the new releases. They go through all the new features and stuff. And oftentimes I'll hear a lot of feedback in those um, sessions, though they're not necessarily like built for that. Um, so an initiative that uh, we had recently was going to one of these partner roadshows and seeing if we could have an hour of the time um, through those two days to talk to these customers, these users, and run a research study. So we did a version of the placemat, um, so a little bit more simplified and, and curated for um, obviously the, the the scenario we were in. Um, and it went really well. It was really cool. It was even in the morning too. I did not expect a lot of people to, to show up at, for breakfast time and fill out a placemat. Um, but it was really um, helpful in not just having people fill that out, but also like going around and asking them deeper questions about it and having those face-to-face -face conversations um, with users. And actually one, um, well, I can't go to, into too much detail about what was revealed, but um, but some of the stuff in there are now conversations that we're having with our broader stakeholder teams and getting, um, getting focus and attention on right now so that we can remediate certain things. Um, so it's, it's been helpful. And then also I think it was just a nice 
first trial uh, of something like this that I hope that we can continue to do um, in a partner roadshow. But also to I, to add to that, I will say like I I've been a VMware for three years. I've known about partner roadshows. I wasn't really considering it as something um, that we would have the opportunity to do research. Um, through, uh, but I went and asked anyways, and uh, they said yes. So I actually am curious, uh, Brianne, like, you know, oftentimes it's, there's not any research set up for people when they start. They oftentimes come in, they're the designer, they're given the PRD and pretty much told what to do, right? Um, and sometimes people just accept that is like, that's what it is. Um, but what I've found in my career, at least, is like, you kind of have to push the envelope, kind of, you have to ask, you have to, um, go digging for opportunities and be resourceful and think of like, oh, how could this be slightly different to benefit, um, you know, the, the efforts of research. And then of course the, the product as a whole, um, have you done, I assume you've had certain search uh, situations in your own, uh, career where you've been like, oh, this is a great opportunity. How do I, how do I get research more involved here? Um, can you speak to that? Anything come to mind? I mean, how would you recommend a designer, uh, start doing this when they don't have anything that's obvious on the table already? Yeah. So that's a really great question, Laurel. As a UX researcher, I believe that everyone involved in product development, including, or maybe even especially designers should be thinking about UX research as an essential part of their process. And if you're a designer and you're not currently being asked to conduct research, there's a few things that I would say you can do to start integrating research into your process. I'm counting it up in my head. Let's go with the top five. How's that sound? Sounds we'll do good. With the top five? Yes. <laughs> uh, so number one, start small. Don't feel like you have to conduct a large-scale research study to start integrating research into your process flow. Start small by conducting informal user interviews or gathering feedback from colleagues. Over time, you can build up to more complex studies, but just start thinking about ways that you can incorporate data-informed approaches. Number two, I would say is Educate yourself. Take the time to learn about research and its benefits. Read articles, watch videos, attend webinars. Um, internally to VMware, uh, I'm actually launching in May of 2023, How Tuesdays, uh, which is going to be a weekly learning opportunity for designers and managers who want to upskill and expand their research knowledge that I'm going to be hosting. And so there's ways and things and resources that you can look for that can help you be intentional with your path in research. Number, what are we on? Three. <laughs> uh, identify those research opportunities, right? Look for opportunities to conduct research throughout the product development process. Um, for example, you might conduct user interviews to understand user needs or usability testing to evaluate the effectiveness of your designs. Just adding it in once in a cycle in the beginning will elevate your process. And as you streamline that, then you can try twice or three times. You can try different types of research based on what the circumstances are. Which brings me to number four, collaborate with the UX researchers you have access to. Yes. If you've got researchers available to you, use them, abuse them. We will be so excited when you come to <laughs> us proactively, right? Collaborate with us to integrate research into your design process. You don't have time to get it done. That's okay. Let me know about your sprint cycle in advance and I'll do it for you. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we can help you identify research opportunities. If you're not sure what is researchable, we can help you build design studies or analyze your data, like incorporate us in, like I said, use us and abuse us because we will be so excited to have someone proactively coming to us and looking for that information and that assistance. And finally, number five, I would say is advocate for research. If you really can't find the time, if your team isn't allowing this process to happen, then the best thing you can do is communicate and continue to push the value of research to your team and stakeholders. Help them understand how research can inform design decisions and ultimately create better user experiences and be better on the bottom line. Go find those statistics like the interaction org that I mentioned earlier. Show them that there is a business case for taking the time to do it right from the beginning. That's an excellent point. And actually to add to that, any any level of designer can do that. You do not have to be in a leadership quote unquote position or a manager or anything like that. Even within the project that you own, if you're the only designer, if you're the junior designer, you can advocate for research um, and get your cross-functional partners to support you in it if you approach it the right way, of course, of some of the tips that you suggested today <laughs> and for their researching research. <laughs> and that's a perfect timing to wrap up today's session. Um, thank you, Brianne, for such an informative session. And we must do a second round soon, right? And dear listeners, we hope you all would remember not to... Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, not to take over a project as soon as you get involved. Instead, build a trust relationship and use collaborative research and art-based research to keep it moving. And if you are just getting started with research, do remember the five-step process shared by our very own Dr. Brian Peterson. Until the next episode, take good care of yourself and stay curious.